Hi everyone, welcome back to Torah Dimecha Parsha with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Shoshana Schechter and today we will be studying Parsha Vayeshev. Okay, quick overview of Parsha Vayeshev. A lot of good stuff going on in this Parsha. Perak Lamed Zayin, Yaakov's family is living in Canaan. Yaakov favors Yosef, very famous story, gives him the Ketonet Pasim, the special coat. Uh, his brothers are jealous. Now, it's interesting here. The brothers, a, a side point about the jealousy. The brothers assume that the Bechira theme that has started from the beginning of the Avot, from the time of Avraham, is going to be continued here. We know that Avraham had two sons, Yitzchak and Yishmael. Yitzchak was chosen, Yishmael was not. Yitzchak had two sons, Yaakov and Esav. Yaakov was chosen and Esav was not. Yaakov has all these children, and Yaakov's sons assumed that the Bechira, the chosen theme that was happening since the beginning of the Avot, was going to continue, and that Yosef was going to be chosen. And the tragedy of the story is not only what they did to Yosef, but that they were wrong. They didn't know that they were all going to be chosen, but they assumed that the theme would continue and that Yosef was going to be chosen. And that's why when Yosef had his dreams here in this parak as well, of everyone bowing down to him, the brothers felt very threatened. Yaakov sends Yosef to check on his brothers. They throw him into the pit and then they sell him. And he goes down to Mitzrayim. We're going to come back to this in a few minutes. Parak Lamed is the very difficult, complex story of Yehuda and Tamar, that uh, Yehuda had three sons. Tamar was his daughter-in-law. Yehuda's son, whom Tamar was married to, died. So he gave Tamar to his other, brother, his other son, but then he died too. And he didn't want to give Tamar to his third son because he didn't want his third son to die, even though they were dying because of them, not because of Tamar. So he kind of put Tamar aside and wasn't planning to give Tamar his third son, Shela. And Tamar, knowing with her female intuition that she had to produce the zera of Yehuda basically tricked Yehuda into sleeping with her, dressed as a prostitute to trick him, and she bore his child. And uh, at the end of the story, Yehuda admits that she was right, and that's Parak Lamedchet. And then she gives birth to the child of Yehuda. Parak Lamedchet, Yosef, back to the Yosef story. Yosef is in Potiphar's house. He endeared himself to everyone in the household, including... <laughs> unfortunately, um, Potiphar's wife. She comes to him. She wants to sleep with him. He refuses. Uh, she got insulted, tells her husband on him, gets him in trouble with her husband, and her husband Potiphar sends Yosef to prison. Perak Mem, the Sarha Mashkim and Sarha Ofim um, of Paro were also sent to prison. They have dreams. Yosef interprets them. The Sar Ha'ofim is killed as per Yosef's interpretation. The Sar Hamashkim is set free. And as he leaves, Yosef says, please remember me. And of course he doesn't. And that's how the Perak and the Parsha ends, that the Sar Hamashkim forgets about Yosef. Two things I want to talk about in this Parsha. Number one, back to the beginning of the Parsha. Very interestingly, after Yosef has all these dreams, Yaakov calls him to go check on his brothers. Very beginning of the parsha. This is when everything started. By Yomer Yisrael, this is in Parak Lamed Zayin, Pasag Yud, Yud Gimel. By Yomer Yisrael, Yosef, Halo Achecha Roim Bishchem. Yisrael, or Yaakov, says to Yosef, Your brothers are shepherding in Shechem. Lecha ve'eshlachacha alehem. 
um, go, I'm sending you to them. Now notice the word veshlachacha. The verb shalach is a verb that's going to be repeated throughout the story of Yosef. We are actually going to come back to this in Parsha Vayigash because that's when the whole story comes to a final uh, climax of the story and the culmination and completion of the story. We're going to come back to that, but just remember this word shalach. I mean, every other part of the story has this word shalach. Somebody's being sent somewhere. So... Um, Yaakov tells Yosef to go, I'm sending you to them. And then it gets a little strange. Yosef responds by saying, Now, first of all, Yaakov just finished saying to him, go check out your brothers in Shechem. I'm sending you to Shechem. Why is Yosef responding by saying Hineni? It really should be, you know, Yaakov saying to Yosef, Yosef, Vayomer Hineni. And then Yaakov you know, responding, Like why this Hineni is a very strange response um, of Yosef, on Yosef's part, to Yaakov's request. And I'll tell you something else. It's not just that the, the way it is in the Pasuk is strange, the placement in the Pasuk is strange, but also the usage of the word Hineni is very strange. Hineni is very serious. Hineni holds a lot of weight. Hineni means I am here and I'm ready to serve you. I mean, we, the times that we've seen Hineni, for example, Yo, uh, Moshe at the Sneb Er Ba'esh in the third parak of Shemot, when he comes across Hashem, in the burning bush and Hashem calls him Moshe, Moshe and Moshe's response is Hineni and then we also see with the Akedah you know, Avram calls his son Yitzchak and Yitzchak says Hineni Hineni means not just I'm here Hineni means I am here and I'm ready to serve you I always laugh because I had a first grade teacher who took attendance and we had to respond when she called our name by saying Hineni. And I think about that now and I think like, wow, what an egomaniac, you know, she was one, she wanted us to say, I'm here and I'm ready to serve you. Um, I don't think she meant that. But now the more I learned about what Hineni means, so Hineni is more than just I am here. It means I'm here and I'm ready to serve you, which is a very strange response when he's asking him to go check on his brothers. Um, so obviously, you know, it's, it's a normal response when he's, you know, when Moshe is being introduced to Hashem for the very first time and Hashem calls him out and says, Moshe, Moshe, then Hineni is appropriate. But here, you know, go check out your brothers in the field, Hineni. So obviously there's something much deeper going on here. And Rashi picks up on that, meaning here when he says Hineni on one level, I mean, this is one of the themes of the entire story of Yosef, on one level, He's saying, I am here. I'm here to do whatever you need me to do. But on another level, even if he doesn't know this yet, you know, subconsciously or unconsciously, he understood, he, 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 there's this concept of him doing something much deeper than just going to check on his brothers. He's basically setting Jewish history in motion here by saying, Hineni, Hineni, I'm ready to serve you. I'm ready to set Jewish history in motion. And then Yaakov says to him, And go check out you know, your brothers and the sheep and bring me back word. Bring me back a report. Again, the word shalach. And he sends him for the second time because this is a theme. From the Emek, from the valley of Hebron. And he comes to Shechem. And Rashi picks up on that. Rashi asks the question here. What do you mean the valley of Hebron? Isn't Hebron in the mountain? Mountain, and he gives all these quotes. We know that you go up to Hebron. Ella says Rashi, Me'etza amuka shel otot sadik ha-kavor b'chevron. 
but rather from the word emek, from the word amok, there's something very deep going on here. Something much deeper than Yaakov just sending his brother to go check on, sending Yosef to go check on his brothers. From the word amok, there's something very deep that's happening that started with the tzaddik who's buried in Hebron, meaning Avraham, because by going down to check on his brothers, as I said before, Yosef is inadvertently setting Jewish history in motion and starting to begin the fulfillment of the, the promise, the deep promise, the deep you know, message here is that there's a promise that Hashem made to Avram during Brik ben Habitarim that your children are going to be enslaved in Mitzrayim, and that is being set into motion here with Yosef going down to check up on his check up on his brothers. One last thing about this parsha. Very interestingly, throughout Breshit, there's this recurring theme of dreams. Um, we've mentioned it, I've mentioned it in different parshiot, and Lech Lecha, Hashem revealed to Avram in a dream, which I just mentioned, the Brit ben Habtarim, um, Hashem put Avram to sleep, and he promised him the eternal survival existence of the Jewish people. Pasha Bayetze, we discussed a couple weeks ago, Yaakov's dream with the ladder, with the Malachim going up and down the ladder, and then here we have Yosef's dreams, next week's Pasha we have Paro's dreams, so dreams are a very big theme here. What's going on here in this parsha is that the brothers are threatened by Yosef's dreams. And what they say is, let's kill him. Let's throw him in a pit. We'll say a wild beast devoured him. And then we'll see what will become of his dreams. And the word specifically, what they say is, We'll see, and that's in Pasuk Chaf, in Parak Lamed Zayin, you know, that we're going to, let's throw him into a pit, and we'll say a wild animal ate him, and let's see what's going to become of his dreams. Very interestingly, Rashi there says that his brothers didn't say that. What's that line? Let's see what happens to his dreams. It's Hashem speaking. Ruach HaKodesh Omeret Ken, says Rashi. Hashem is saying this. What is Hashem saying? Nir'ed davar mi yakum. Um, let's see whose plan will endure. Will it be Hashem's mine or will it be yours? That you think, says Hashem, you think you could destroy his dreams by ridding yourselves of him. But ultimately, not only will my, will my plan be fulfilled, but you will be the ones who will bring about the fulfillment. You'll be the impetus through which my plan is fulfilled. And what we see throughout history that the Jewish people have survived because of a dream to remain a Torah Jew in society and to retain our values in a world that's lacking values is a great challenge. But throughout the generations, we've maintained those dreams. Our enemies have tried to silence our dreams, tried to destroy us, and Hashem has always responded with... Let's see what will become of his dreams. Your plans or mine? Your plans and schemes will only help preserve my dream for the Jewish people. The people that you seek to destroy will end up surviving the more you try to destroy them. And that's what I think one of the messages in this week's Parsha is. And throughout Breshi with all these dreams, that we thrive today, we exist because of the dreams and the perseverance of the Avot and Imahot. That the brothers here in this parsha, they understood that Yosef's dreams were not merely superficial visions and that, you know, visions that would fade and, and, and be destroyed, but they realized that they were Nevua. And so they were threatened by them. Now it's interesting that Kutzker Rebbe says that when the Torah relates the two different dreams of Paro in next week's parsha, it says that Paro awoke after the first dream. And then he went back to sleep and had a second dream. 
And yet, in Parshat Vayetze, when the Torah tells us about Yaakov's dreams on Haram Moriah, the dream of the Malachim going up and down the ladder, it says that Yaakov woke up, and then it says, after he woke up, it says that he, he didn't realize the holiness of his surroundings. So it's interesting, the Katsuka Rebbe explains that the Torah is alluding to the difference between a great person and a failure of a person. That a great person wakes up after having a dream and he wakes up and he thinks about it and he analyzes it and he seeks out the meaning and he devotes himself to fulfilling it. And that's why, ya- y- y- that, y- that's why Yaakov, after his dream, he looked around and analyzed and thought about it and realized the, the holiness of the place that he hadn't realized it before, but the dream made him realize it because he wanted to understand what it meant. But a failure of a person, on the other hand, he can dream throughout his life, but he never tries to fulfill them. And he avoids it by going back to sleep. He al- like Pyro did. And then Pyro had another dream. But he allows a, a, a person like this, allows his dreams to just wither away. And with the Jewish people, our accomplishments begin with the dream. And then you can forge a path to make sure that they're fulfilled. And when you think about it, during our time, we're still challenged by enemies and anti-Semitism, internal and external enemies like we spoke about last week who seek to eradicate our dreams and to extinguish our identity, extinguish our flames, but yet we continue to fulfill the dream of our national mission. And we know that our flame will never be extinguished and that the miracle of the candles, sound familiar? The miracle of the candles burning despite the odds continues and will continue till the end of time. And that's why this Parsha coincides with the beginning of Hanukkah as well. Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Happy Hanukkah. Thank you for learning together with the OU Women's Initiative.